0: This episode of Finding Demo Surf Fishing is being brought to you by The Sinker Guy. Head on over to thesinkerguy.com and take a look at all the stuff that Chip's got going on in The Sinker Guy Garage. Need sinkers? Hey, it's in his name. He's got plenty of great ones. Sputnik's weight range. I've seen one ounces, two, three, my favorite, four, five, and bigger, actually. And if you need specials, you can ask him about it. He does, have, he does sometimes do them, but reach out to him on that. Or if you need the Bruno rig, yep, that thing is good. There's also a new rig coming out. Yeah, I think you probably heard of it who know <laughs> it's a good rig and maybe you need some scissors set up for beads floats gear and he's got them in the shop so go to the sinkerguy.com get your order in today Welcome back to the show everybody it's a new week new episode we're having some fun this week we're taking the old digital road trip up to Virginia and all right so if you guys haven't figured it out by now I very happily scroll social media and of course mine is fishing fishing cooking cooking okay that looks fun cooking fishing and i've run into several great people along the way and one of the fun parts is is being the guy that will send an email out to somebody that has a fishing thing like hey your stuff's really cool i'd love to talk to you about it on the podcast um a lot of times it goes unanswered and that's okay that happens but there's a few times that it does get answered and it turns into shows like these So lots of fun this week. Like I said, we're going into Virginia. We're going to be talking with Charles and Mildred. They don't have a channel per se. They do have social media and their stuff. It's so fun to watch. So without further ado, let me just flap in here. Let's get in. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and be tortured. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us.
1: Thank you for having us. Yeah,
0: good. Well the husband and wife interviews people are like man these are interesting and i love husband and wife teams because you guys have to work together and you know being out there on the water after being home all day and all those pieces put it is so much fun of that dynamic to watch that so and your guys' stuff is no different i am i I very much so enjoy watching your videos you guys do some fun stuff together
1: yeah we, we have a lot of fun it's uh we always said it's you know it, it's kept our marriage strong because we always have like you said we, after being home all day working all day it gives us that release and you know you're just like when you're fishing with your buddies you know you're you're gonna have a good time you're, you're gonna laugh and joke around and and you know we do the same thing so you know when we go out fishing we're buddies out there
0: yes yeah you guys definitely have a good communicative good relationship on when your videos you know, if i i don't see the one where it's like yep next one one of them is going to get caught in the cast net and thrown down mean, you, you guys really do work well together, we work together. Um, yeah. Yeah. To. Yeah. <laughs> all right so you all are in virginia it's in Chica- i'm going to butcher it i think it is chinkatig chinkatig okay so you've got the entire Chesapeake Bay at your disposal, and you've got the Atlantic Ocean right there down the road. Just a little hop, skip, and a jump not far. So you've got a lot of great fishing opportunities for you both. Uh, yeah, we have the best of uh, worlds. Okay, so I'm going to jump ahead on a question here that's not in here because you brought it up. So um, for those of you that have never been to Ch- uh, the Chesapeake Bay in Virginia, in that area, the bay itself is a monster it is not this tiny little thing it is huge and there are very long bridges for that reason however because i'm asking you this what kind of species have you caught in the chesapeake bay
1: uh, there's, there's red drum black drum cobia striped bass mm-hmm. uh, spanish mackerel bluefish um you know red drum is ultimately our favorite fish so we love to go to the uh, bay side and do overnight trips down at the bay bridge tunnel or or even all the way up here at saxes so uh there's there's a lot of really nice fish out there good flounder fishing uh once you get up close to the bridge you get a lot more stuff like uh, the sheep's head around the bridges trigger fish spade fish so the chesapeake bay never ceases to amaze
0: so there you go, people. It's not just like itty bitty fishing, it's super fishing. And then you've got the you got the whole shoreline there. You can still play into the same one before the bend, whether it's uh you know the northern portion, even rocking down from the Delaware side and Maryland pieces. Uh, you've got so much availability and there's such a great fishery. I am I'm so glad that you brought that up of what fish are there because I, I think a lot of people sleep on Virginia and Maryland and Delaware and, and the Bay. I really do that. I've never been.
1: I I agree. I always say right here in the Mid-Atlantic, Eastern Shore, Virginia area, we are in a sweet spot of Mm -hmm. seasonal fish migrations. So we we get the red drum when they're at their biggest. We get the black drum when they're at their biggest. And we get the striped bass when they're at their biggest. So we are right in that sweet spot, as I like to say.
0: Mildred, you seem to peek up there. Out of all those species, uh, it seemed like the striper was the one that got you happy there. What's your your
2: favorite? Uh, Actually it's red drum. My okay. favorite is red drum, but I caught a a few nice striped uh striper this year, so that was nice too.
1: Yeah, we oh. probably just had one of the better runs of, we, we this year we had one of the better runs of uh big breeder yes. straight bass that we've had in a few years. So for all the hoopla that we've been hearing about the uh damage to the fishery, we just had a, a run this year that would blow your mind.
2: Yes. It was
0: phenomenal.
1: And Isn't it's not, weird? that's not true. Oh. That's all bait fishing. So, you
0: know, it's sometimes I feel like it's the hoopla in a way of like, oh, we had such a bad year. The fishery's falling apart. And then the next year it's dynamite, just an explosion of fish. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. I mean, you know, I grew up on the Chesapeake. So I remember the moratoriums. I remember down in the uh, you know, upper Chesapeake Bay where the uh, CND Canal is. I remember all the restaurants were staging tanks to, uh, bring in, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, juvenile stripers to grow them in the size and release them into the spawning grounds. And that's where I grew up is in their spawning grounds in the Chesapeake Bay. So I remember when the stock was decimated, you know, I we used to be able to walk right out the front door of our house and just catch big striper. And when they got decimated, you couldn't even find a fish and the past few years it seemed like it was a little slow but this year it, it was just off the hook the guys we fished with i mean we had some days out on the beach this year that was just citation yeah. after citation <laughs> after citation Oh,
2: yeah. it's of-
0: so nice. we, uh, we uh we were just in virginia last what was it i guess it was in july i think it was and i only went out for a couple hours with ninja tackle and we went out and had some fun and I just watched the everyone. The lines were out, and it was just up and down the shoreline. If there was sand, I was seeing rods in the bay, and I was like, "Oh man, everybody's really getting after it." Yeah. And those guys were like, "Dude, yeah. the stripers and the blues are going nuts right now." Yeah, we went we went for sheepies because we were in a boat that day. But uh, and I watched a lot of rods bending. It was very impressive. Yeah,
2: so oh,
1: awesome. Yeah, it, it was quite a spectacular run this year. Yeah so we're looking forward to it in the fall with the big red drums and we have me.
2: both we had the striped bass and the same day and red drum
1: yeah we had a few days yeah. there where the striped bass and the big red drum running together yeah she had one day where she had four striped bass off the beach all big breeders one of them was a citation and yeah. then did three citation red drum back that, night. Back that night
2: yeah, oh that night oh my on God. the
1: same day so that's very talk rare. about yeah.
2: an awesome day,
1: yeah. So that's very rare that, that that you'll find them together. But like I say, we're in that sweet spot in the eastern shore where all these big fish love to hang out and eat.
0: Ah, see, everybody, there you go. The eastern shore, listen to the key things. There are certain places, but in reality, everywhere's going to work. Yes. So don't, don't get too worried.
1: Yeah, there is. There is the only places you're right.
0: The only place i know you can't catch fish is virginia beach in the hotel district because you can't fish there so don't try
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah if you head if you head a little bit south to duck i think it's yeah. duck is the first one after virginia beach you can drive on there and that's good fishing there
0: yeah it's either duck yeah, the other one pole. south of uh is it is the duck duck south of Damneck, neck isn't it i think it is it's the one right after damn neck
1: i don't know i know you yeah, it's as soon as you beat look- Virginia Beach, it'd be that first little town in North Carolina. So there, there's some yeah. phenomenal fish in there.
0: Yeah. And you can just keep walking down the coast and it just gets it just keeps getting better because then you're into the Outer Banks game if you really want to turn a little bit and you, it's yeah. just it just continues to improve. Yeah. Oh, I need to get back there. Okay. Sidebar. All right, I'm not gonna do that anymore. All right. So let's start at the very beginning questions here. Tell us your guys' story and what what, what got you into fishing.
1: So I'll, I'll let her take off um, after <laughs> I after I give the introduction. So I grew up doing it. You know, I grew up on the Eastern shore here. So I've fished and crabbed my whole life. You know, my father had me on a boat when I was a tiny little kid. So it's something I grew up doing and just never got tired of doing it. Um, I've always been a conservation nut. I've never wanted to kill our industry per se. Um, so I grew up doing it. It's a passion I never lost. Um, the more I learned, the more I loved it, the, the more fish I caught, the more I loved it. You know, it's just, there's nothing boring about it. Um, then when I met her, the world just took off for me. I had a partner that wanted to come in and experience what I experienced. And it's just no looking back. And now it's all with her and that's what I love to do.
2: Yeah, he got me on the boat and uh, took me flounder fishing uh, when we first got together, and I hooked up a flounder, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And ever <laughs> since then, which is every weekend, we were fishing.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's that's I started her off on small fish. I got her a you know four pound tackle pole. We'd use jig heads, little pieces of cut bait, and just let her walk the uh, sandbars and whatnot. And she would just have a field day on little flounder and croaker and whatnot, and you know those fish on four pound tackle is pretty fun and uh that's how she started and she just progressed from there into bigger and bigger fish and now she's caught fish that i could only dream
0: of
2: yeah <laughs> boy did he regret that
0: <laughs> no regrets not even all of you see that that's the no, thing right there that's the thing you guys you, you how many married couples do we all know? And you know, this isn't a mental health show or anything like that, but I mean, how many couples do we know that won't do things together like that? And you guys have found it and are working it together and are having a blast in doing so.
1: Yeah. You know, I always said it's the, the best, the best thing I did was put the fishing pole in her hand. You know, I, I grew up doing it. I caught a lot of great fish and, uh, when we met i I wanted her to love the same way i loved it you know and the only way you're gonna love it is if you can actually do it so i I took the pole out of my hand put it in her hand and transferred my knowledge and she took right to it like a fish fish in water and uh you know she learned it she learned how to tie her own rigs and cut her own bait and throw a cast net and do everything and now she's a local legend
0: (laughs) perfect Okay. So being up there, what type of fishing do you all like to do now? Surf fishing. Surf
1: fishing. We love our boat. We love going on the boat, but we can't wait for spring and fall surf fishing. That's, that's our times.
0: Make that one easy. Didn't you? (laughs) What is your favorite thing about fishing? For me, it's, it's the, it's the, the
1: tranquility, the sounds, the nature, there's nothing better you know we could spend 20 hours on the beach in a weekend looking for those big fish and not catch a thing but we've got to see the most beautiful sunrises the most beautiful sunsets the the moon at night the stars you know when we see starling flying by it's we just see the. we always say we get to see the most beautiful things
2: yes and for me it's a competitive too of it. I'm always chasing now that personal best and,
1: mm-hmm. and learning
2: yeah. and, and just learning the water, just being out there.
1: Mm-hmm. And we compete with each other. We yes. keep count of our big fish throughout yes. the year. We compete with each other to see who has the most at the end of the year. So it's a competition for
2: us. <laughs> it's up Got three this year. I have, to, I have to work.
0: So when does your guys, a do, you do you do calendar year to calendar year sort of deal or do you do a season to season? How do you do it? So we do a,
1: a spring. So we work off of migrations, you know. Um, you Your fish usually come in the same time every spring and roll out the same time every spring. We have certain dates, um, tides we like to follow that coincide with sun sundowns, you know. Uh, so it, it's not necessarily a specific date. You know, we wait for certain water temperatures like um, on the beach here if I can get 50 degree water temperature, 55 degree water temperature, I'm starting to soak bait. You know, and then uh, you, you know, the fishery that's around you. So we have the whole Chesapeake Bay side over there. So we know when those fish have swam past the beach and entered the bay, you know, to start their spawn. And we know when they're coming back out of the bay to swim back up the beach. So we can kind of target that by knowing what we know on a bay side. So it's not, in the spring, the fish aren't always there. They're swimming past us to go spawn, and then they're going to turn around and swim back. So it's really important to know year after year what those times are. You know, you'll for us, that first three, three, weeks, of, that first three weeks of March is a good time to start your black drum fishing. And you'll stay on black drum up until mid-April. Mid-April comes around, then you want to start changing your baits up so you can catch black drum or striper.
2: Mm-hmm. mid
1: April through mid May you're just on fire with Striper, red drum and black drum.
2: Yes.
0: So well you guys jumped ahead on a good answer there. Jeez. But I mean yeah. that piece right <laughs> no it's good you did because uh, you know it, it shows me and I think anyone else listening to this and or watching it, it it's so important to know your timelines and having notes or going something to go back to and say hey look on this date of last year this week was hot um the year before it wasn't but it was gonna... this
2: yes. Yep. we track it yeah we, yep. track, we, those we
1: track it just like that so we, yes. we we have days that repeat every year within a couple of days of that particular date it's not always that date because moon cycles tide cycles never you know go date to date like that but uh within those dates you know a couple days before or after they seem to click off for us pretty well
0: yep so there you go everybody seriously write it down (laughs) you can't remember write it down hell make a facebook memory it's so much easier to go that route
1: yeah you know believe it or Uh not uh facebook memories are great because we'll be sitting around and then a memory will pop up and we're like oh yeah we didn't write this one down
2: yeah well and there's apps too i have an app that um tracks down every time you like when i catch one you could upload your picture gives you the location uh-huh. where you caught it within each and so I use that app too as well.
0: Which um, one are you using?
2: Let me look now.
0: That's fine. Have at it. I mean I, I for me personally I'll even use uh, Fish Rules because they updated the app um, I want to say it was a year or two ago but they updated it where you sign in you can actually log your species that way and it'll give you the GPS coordinates and all that which is kind of cool but uh, yeah.
2: yeah this a, this there's a few to do yeah just it's just fishing deluxe that's what the name of the app is and as soon as I catch that fish and log it in it gets all the coordinates and everything and the dates and I could put notes and track them that way
0: see the notes see if I was a hacker I wouldn't be going for people's banking information I'd be going for people's <laughs> I
2: mean, you are not kidding yes <laughs>
0: what'd you catch when what were you using place- what was what was the tide what here we go that's yeah. okay cool got it <laughs>
2: yeah. you know and you have all that information but a lot of the time it's saying i mean that's really you need that information but it's time the time you put in we've sat there we've gone fridays and up to sundays and just fished it up came home showered, turned right back around and just spent a lot of time to get a one nice fish mm-hmm. or So it's a lot of it, it's being patient. It's fun, just enjoying the time out there.
1: Yeah, we get a lot of people that come up to us that see us on Facebook or Instagram. Mostly they see her and want to come see her, you know, because she's more out there than I am. But they always ask the same question, how do you do it? You know, and it's like, we put our time in. You know, the first year we started red drum fishing on the surf, she caught a 54 inch red drum. All my life of fishing, I've never caught a fish remotely close to that, right? And that was our first year surf fishing. It took me eight years to put a big red drum on the beach. So it it doesn't just happen. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of heartbreak, a lot of big stingrays and sharks before you can get to that trophy. But once you catch one, you kind of start getting a feel for where you're casting. The better you get at reading the beach, the better you get at knowing your tides, you know there's a lot to know with these tides because every tide, every high tide is not the same and every low tide is not the same and the rise and the fall is different so you you really need to know your tides and it's just a matter of learning all that and then you get progressively better but it, like i said it took me eight years before i put my first big red on the beach
0: and mildred rocks a 50 plus you mean come on. No, I'm still that
2: was, Oh my gosh. She
1: would put one on the beach every single year and I would catch the stingrays.
2: I I made them stay that day. The boys were tired sleeping and I just remember I was not leaving. I just I wanted a big fish and mm. it was midnight raining and I got my fifty-four in.
1: Yeah, it
0: was one of the <laughs> nasty weather fishes. Yeah. Oh, dude, those are like Cinderella stories for those ones. It's it, and it never fails. It's when you're mm-hmm. out there in the worst conditions that something happens, and you're like, "That was not planned. I was just, it just happened."
1: Yep, yeah, those are the best fish too. Those are the best fish when you get out there with that rough water and that surfing. You yeah. try and put a big fish like that on the beach. You really, you're really testing your shoulders, arms, back, and tackle.
0: Yeah, that's where your skill really comes into the game, especially with drag manipulation and I was I mean, going to say that.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm guilty of it. I I love the idea of oh, I'm gonna lock this down and you're coming in. Yeah, that's a great way to lock it down and lose the fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. well some of our tack- you're in,
2: right about that.
1: Some of our heavier tackle that we use when we're casting 12 and 14 ounce sinkers, you know, you're out there in five to seven foot, you know, breakers on the surf it can, you gotta use a lot of weight to hold bottom. So you we, we're running poles with 50 to 60 pound braid on them. Then I'm running 80 pound shock leader because the rough water really intensifies how much bigger that fish is because now you're fighting a draw from the current and, and, and everything that's working against you from that rough stormy water. Uh, examples last two weeks ago, we did an overnight trip in Ashton, Maryland. And she hooked a uh, butterfly ray that probably went 125, 150 pounds. Took Mm -hmm. her probably about an hour and a half to put that thing on the beach hooked in the wing. And she was fishing a pin slammer 6,500 with 60-pound braid on it. And I had that drag so tight where it was literally pulling her down the beach. So you can, can, with the tackle we have today, you can put a lot of weight on these fish with this tackle. But you're going to work for it
0: like you said that that current is real I mean that that that's a big body of water moving a lot of and a lot out every six hours so yeah you guys aren't yes. joking about that what has been one uh let's see here you can nailed some good ones I don't know if I don't know if you're gonna have a different one for this has there been a craziest or favorite catch I
2: guess for me the my favorite catch was a lash year we was it last year yeah we had a northeastern
1: we had a hurricane that came up by the time it got to us it was a northeastern
2: yeah and um we went out there it was us and another couple and they were sitting up in the dunes and they were we were fishing and i decided to walk i saw a spot that i like better (laughs) it was nice water a lot of whitewash so i left them the the crew, and I walked probably like 100,
1: For 100 um, feet. Feet. So and, a 100
2: um, or about hundred feet. And I set my stuff up up there and waited and, and got uh, caught a really nice 47-inch red drum, and I was just stoked.
1: Now, that was one of those days where it was yeah. blowing 35, 40 mile an hour. The uh, yeah. drive-ons to the beach were closed down. There was yes. nobody out there because the beaches were washing over literally around your truck. Yes. So where the beach is, you couldn't even stand on the beach. We're standing on top But a dunes fishing. So when you're casting against the east wind with 12 ounce sinkers, you're lucky if you get 50 yards.
2: I wasn't far at all.
1: So where her sinker was landing is where sunbathers are usually laying on the beach.
2: Yes, I was using 12 uh, ounces. So
1: people think when it's rough like that, you know, you're not going to catch nothing. But we've done it time and time again. And last year was just epic because she hooked into that 47 inch red drum. And, you know, you got seven footers breaking on the beach, rolling up over the dunes.
2: And yeah. like you said, that's where technique, you know, I had to, at that point, just calm down and breathe and just let the waves help me bring her in because yeah. she was very close and she, she knew she was close and so she fought me. Yeah.
1: yeah. The waves can be yes. your friend. The waves yeah. can be your friend if you're... Or your enemy. Yeah, <laughs> if, if you don't have right. a good technique.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you said something really great and we're, we're going to knock on a bait check real quick, but I definitely... I want to bring that up because no one else has really brought this point to the to the podcast, really, I don't think ever. But uh, we're going to talk about it here in a second. Yep. Oh, it is your first Baycheck of the episode. Hopefully you are catching a bunch of fish and things are going really well for you and it's the best day ever. That's what I always hope for, because that's what the greatest thing is. This bait check is being brought to you by Ninja Tackle. Head over to ninjatackleva.com and, oh, I don't know, find yourself a new fishing rod. Yeah, buddy. The dagger, seven-footers. Love them for the kayak. Love it for the inshore. Love it for the surf. Love it for the boats. I love it all in general. That 7 Footers, one of my favorite rods to throw, all the way from seven up to 13-foot Great rods, great stuff. Matt has really done some amazing things with these rods. If you need reels, hey, he's got them in there too. Accio setups, if you're into that kind of spooling, throwing, I'm not. That's not my jam. I'm a spinner guy. Sorry, I can't get into the other ones. I bird nest them. If you need rigs, he's got a whole gambit of different style rigs that will work no matter where you're fishing, whatever fishery you're in, bluefish, redfish, black drum, pomps, all of it got you set up. Or if you have firearms and into firearm accessories, Matt's got you covered there too, Ninja Tactical. Yep. Optics, Glock accessories, AR accessories. Got it all covered. Ninja, NinjaTackleVA.com. Yeah, it's good. And he's not far from you guys. <laughs> he's just up the road a little bit. That's always fun to go back and see him. All right. Um, so you brought up the calm down that is one of the hardest things in my opinion when it comes to fishing is turning the adrenaline down that's a hard yes. thing to recover from
2: it is I Have to breathe it just calm down so you can bring her
0: in and it, it
1: really is that 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 first couple minutes or that first minute or so of that hookup is is so important you know because you're when you're on the beach and you're fishing for these big fish i'm sure you've seen the Posts where fishing poles get dragged down the beach into the water, and you know because somebody had their drag too tight. So we fish a really loose drag. So I see a lot of people as soon as they catch that fish, they don't crank that drag down because they're scared their line's going to break. So you got to have faith in the tackle you're using to be able to crank that drag down to be able to pull that circle hook back and set it. Because a lot of times these drum, you know, or the stripers or or the black drum, they're moving so fast that hook's not going to set itself you know you got to put some weight on that fish and to be able to do that you got to be able to think you know you got to be able to calm down and say yeah. this is what i need to do yeah. because if you just hold the pole and keep that drag loose that fish is going to stop that in its tracks the hook's going to fall out and you just missed your fish of a lifetime
0: the other piece with drag too heavy as well is and i think I don't know. I'm, I'm going to speak for people and I shouldn't be because yeah, it's my show and I can't. Um, I think when people crank it down, they also forget that that is still very, very soft. And I mean, I, I'm sure y'all have seen mm-hmm. that. How many times have we brought in a fish and it's got itself a nice hole. It's got itself a piercing. Mm-hmm. You, you go hard enough. Yeah. It's going to just rip it out. And I mean, they're going to be okay. It'll heal, but you can't, you got to be careful with that too. It's an easy thing to forget.
1: Mhm. So that's kind of a double-edged sword for me because on the one thought, I don't want to be hard on the fish and rip its jaw apart. That's why I'm I'm very careful when I unhook these fish on the beach. But at the same time on these big trophy fish, I want to get them in as fast as I can get them on the beach, get my picture and get it back in the water as fast as I can to minimize the amount of stress I put on them. So yeah. it's kind of a double-edged yeah. sword there. That's, you know, it, it goes with the hooks we use. I like to use a, 8o to a 10o hook, so I know I'm getting around that jawbone rather than just in the skin, you know. So it's in a perfect world, I'd love to hook everyone in the jaw and not put that big hole in there, but it's that's that's part of that's part of it, you know. So yeah. you you try it's and do everything painful. you can. To not do yeah, 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 absolutely.
0: Well, all right, let's move into these last three, and we'll get you into the fun part of getting out some knowledge here. What would be a bucket list fish that you want to catch?
1: For me, it's a tarpon. Yeah, for me, I'm still trying to get my first big, big bucket Cobia. I'm still trying to get my first big Cobia.
0: The shiny monster and the tasty morsel. Wow. Okay, guys. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Now, our son, our youngest son is uh, Cobia. He, he's good with the Cobia. He, when he comes down, he jumps in the boat, and he can go out and catch Cobia. Me and him have had some really interesting days out in the ocean on the boat. But uh, I, I, I can get them to come up and look at my mullet with that big eyeball, but they won't eat it. But uh, my son, he, he gets on them.
0: Is it just me, or does it seem like there are certain people that just have that magical touch that they just touch the rod and that fish is going to eat? It's like, I, I can't. I can't touch a rod to catch one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: actually most of my fish it's just i've seen very little variations on the movement of the rod and i've gone and picked it up and just with patience just been patient and slowly rail it in and i'm hooked.
1: so i will say i i grew up with the mindset that the fish can't hook himself i don't want him it's just when you're big fish fishing that's how you look at it you know the fish is not me the fish is going to come eat that whole bunker and swim off or that whole crab and swim off or whatever i'm using so that's the mentality i grew up with she has put so many big fish on the beach just by just by watching irregularities in her rod tips now you would never think a 40 50 pound fish would be so delicate on a piece of bait but but they really are sometimes they'll go walk they'll swim up to that bait and just plant themselves and just sit there and suck on it chew on it and you know, most people would never even think twice about touching that fishing pole. She sees that little irregularity. And uh, you always have a certain movement with the waves, with the current of your fishing pole. And, you know, you, that, a, it's a steady movement. So when you see that irregularity, you're kind of like, OK, what is that? You know, I'm standing there saying, OK, roll, roll over. She's going to pick the pole up and plan with it. And she hooks the fish. So I, 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 me and my friends have watched her time and time again, walk up to pole and we all say, here she goes again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay that's really funny so wow yeah. Mildred. okay so a little bit of just an a little irregularity huh and i dude i think you're right tar- i really do think you're right charles on that it's like the reds sit there and just <laughs> mm, it's yummy they just slurp on it man <laughs> yeah yeah, it's not even fair. Yeah. It's like, can you just grab it and walk a little? Let me know you're there. Now I'll, I'll give it a little pull. Yeah. But damn, that is so yeah. cool that you were able to catch on to that, Melvin. That's 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 dedication right there to catch on to that.
2: Staring at that rod tip.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that okay. That I'm feeling like super. I'm looking like my brain is going back to times I've seen the rod just do this, and I'm all no no it's nothing there it's something stupid bait fish my luck is probably a freaking 50 inch red just going
2: mine your biggest fish yeah Yeah.
0: actually
1: her her big fish when we were talking about in the beginning that 54 inch Mm -hmm. red drum that was on a night where it was a one of our dates it was october 2nd 2010 and it was a night where it was raining god Rain in heaven and earth, pouring down 25, 30 mile an hour winds, hard west wind at our back. So the waves were standing up, crashing probably four or five seconds in between them.
2: I want to leave.
1: Yeah. And it was cold. The boys were sleeping in the bed of the truck and uh, she didn't want to leave. She wanted that red drum. And I'm like, man, I'm ready to get the hell out of here. you know. <laughs> and uh, all of our poles, we, we got 12 ounces of weight on every single pole. And every single pole was just rocking up and down with every blast of the wave. And she had one nine foot pole out there that was just standing straight up in the air and was not moving at all. And that's when she said, you know what, I'm going to get out of the truck and check that pole. And that was her personal best red drum
0: and slack line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I know it was, it was, it was tight line. It just swam down the beach
2: and laid itself up against the
1: beach. So it changed the the
0: direction on you. Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: So it just laid up against the beach and just sat there and was eating and that, Hmm. and, and it's crazy because you, you don't think about these big reds staying stationary in that heavy surf. That heavy surf is moving, you know. And, and then will they will really sit there in that heavy surf and just sit there stationary.
0: So you, you bring up a really cool thing because I noticed this this year. Um, and it was really, it was a baby Said It was all whiting is really what it was. Um, but they were sitting in the ripples and the ridges there right up on the surf line, you know, where the undertow normally does its pull and it does the ripples as you walk. And this whole school of baby whiting were basically just chilling. And every time the wave went back, they weren't getting swept. They weren't moving. And, you know, the small fish like that, you'd expect it to get swept. The current, they just knew hey, it's going to go over me. And they just laid there. They could breathe, obviously. And they were picking up fleas. But that gave me the wonder, too, of, well, how many other fish are behind the bar or sitting where the crasher is because it's getting the feet up, it's getting the piece, and they're not affected. They're just, I'm good right here.
2: Eating. So
1: you, one of the guys we fish with is an older gentleman named Gene, and uh, he's probably pushing 80 years old. So, and he's a local legend around here, caught tons of huge fish. And when, you know, he can't cast like he used to or fish like he used to, but he still gives her all hell. And this year he probably put more fish on the beach than anybody, all because he can't cast as far as everybody else
0: so oh, yeah. all of the
1: big red the big stripers the big exactly. black trunk he caught were right on that drop off right at the break yep. and uh, he probably put more fish on the beach than anybody this year because he was fishing so close to the beach you when you're casting you naturally want to show everybody how far you can catch you know you're going to heave that thing out as far as you can get it it's just human nature yep <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just human nature so if you can dial it back and fish that beach edge, you know, you, you, and that's part of the reason why she, she catches a beach, lot of fish because yeah. she fishes at beach edge.
2: I'm trying to go far.
1: I'm trying to hit the ledge. <laughs> yeah.
0: So to prevent that exact problem, I I had to do something. That is, it's happening more here, and that's thanks to Tony Faggione of Fishgum. He created the Runt Rod uh series that he's done, and it's this short little rod, and it's perfect. It forces you to fish in the first 50 feet because you can't hunk you can't hunk and chunk it out there. You have to stay close. And the amount of fish that we all overcast is ridiculous because we do. We overcast so many schools just laughing at us. Yes.
1: Yes. They're coming. Yeah, what I'll do, what I do a lot to rein myself in is I'll stand up on top of the beach and cast. Instead of walking down to the water's edge, I'll stand up where my rod holders are and catch from there. So I keep myself from overcasting. And I, I, she throws spinning reels, I throw conventionals. So my conventionals, oh, okay. to cast them, you really got to put a meat in a little bit of effort into every cast just to launch it out there. Um, so you're always going to kind of get a further cast than you would with a spinning reel. So I'll, I'll back myself up on the beach so, I'm not overcasting. I can still cast far, but I'm not overcasting because I'm standing up higher on the beach. Yeah. And we smart. run heavier equipment. Yeah. And we run heavier equipment because we typically like rough water. We like rough water. We like wind. I love a three to four foot break on the beach. Give me a 20 mile an hour wind with plenty of white suds. So, yes. that's what we're fishing. So, we're usually running anywhere from six to 10 ounces of weight. So, you know, we have to run these bigger rods.
0: Definitely makes sense. And yeah, it sounds like you guys like the old stormy stuff. And it works. I mean, you're living oh, yeah. proof. It works.
1: Yeah. 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 I, I hear nor'easter and I'm like, yeah, let's go fishing.
0: <laughs> hey, and more than likely you got the beach to yourself too, which isn't a bad thing. Yes. Yes.
1: yes. It's just us and the other guys know, that know about it.
0: <laughs> well played well played all right where would be a dream place that you want to go fish
1: go ahead.
2: i can't think of one i like right here
1: I, I we're, we're in this sweet spot we got the chesapeake go bay we got the eastern shore I, you know I, I i just can't think of any place i'd rather be
0: dude that's so great you guys i love that i absolutely do um i, I don't know if you're going to be able to top your earlier parts here but i'll ask it what has been your favorite fishing memory
1: my favorite fishing memory is on our youngest son's 18th birthday. OK, I said, what do you want to do? And at this time we were trying to still get him his first Cobia. And uh, so we off our beach here, five miles off the beach, we have a place called Blackfish Banks. There's like 140 sunken subway cars out there. So it's just me and him. We go out there and I always keep two poles rigged for Cobia, one with a pink bucktail and one with a bait hook for a live lining. Always go out with fresh spot, live mullet or live spot. We get about six miles off the beach. We're out there drifting for flounder. And I'm looking back at the beach and I see this big wall of white just come out of the water. Instinctively, I'm thinking that's a manta ray. And my son says the same thing. And I know that Kobe had loved to swim with manta ray. So we reel everything up, and beeline it to the where we saw this fish at. And sure enough, it was a manta ray as big as our boat. It was just gigantic and had three huge cobia swimming right on its back so my son i said grab that bucktail pitch it over there and he pitches it over there and it lands right on top of that manta ray manta ray didn't budge so he pulls it pulls the bucktail off the bucktail it's a four ounce bucktail so it goes straight down really fast all three cobia in unison roll off of this manta rays back and it was just the coolest thing you see as soon as they rolled off that back at 47 inch and went down and ate ate his bucktail, and it was just a fight of his life. So that was that was his first cobia, and just the way we found it, saw it, experienced it was just to this day one of the coolest things I've ever seen.
0: Wow! Yeah, that would be awesome. Oh. It,
1: it was pretty cool.
0: <laughs> All right, Mildred, you got one?
2: Um, I do actually. I have um. That, last year, I was fishing. I took a week off uh, work, and I I fished every day. I was out there sunrise to sundown. Past sundown.
1: It was her mission to go out and catch a solo trophy red
2: drum. Yes, and I did at the last tail end of the vacation. I I was exhausted. I I got tired. I was uh, reeling in so many skates and sharks, and just fighting through a lot of other fish. And I ended up. Um, poking a a nice drum at the end of the game by myself, and it was
1: nice. Got the trophy Uh, red drum, beached it by herself, got her own picture, and released it by herself. And you know, quickly
2: too. Yeah,
1: no greater feeling. Yes. So that was her first time ever landing one solos. Yeah.
2: I was excited.
0: I bet. I mean, I can only imagine.
1: I can go through my brain and, and just find so many. Beautiful memories of just things we've seen, whether it be going out tog fishing in November and having a school bus sized whale pop up next to the boat or the giant 500 pound sea turtles. Or, you know, we've actually had tarpon out here one year. We were shark fishing in a school bunker and uh, got ran off by a big five, six foot long tarpon, which is a rarity off of our beach here. But nonetheless, amazing to see, you
0: know, that had to have been. Yeah. And you've, like you said, you've been a like you, you've been a lifelong angler, and you guys have been doing this stuff together since you. I mean, hell, you said twenty ten, so I mean, there's probably a little bit more time in there. You guys have been We've doing been this 23 together, twenty so
2: three years, twenty three years, yeah.
0: Rock stars, way to go, good job, man. Uh, so you guys being together this long and fishing together since the beginning, y'all have had to. I mean, you've seen so many great things and you've built so many memories, and. That's phenomenal, guys. I mean, kudos, bravo, uh, every other good word. That's amazing. Great job. Thank you.
2: you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: you. Well, we've been going here for oh, my goodness. We're coming up on 42. So we're going to do another bait check and then we're going to get into the knowledge piece. So let's kick into that. It is your second bait check of the episode. Hopefully, you caught a bunch of fish already and you're already just listening to this on the way home. You're hanging out, things are good. This bait check is being brought to you by DS Custom Tackle. Go over to dscustomtackle.com. And if you need to get, oh, I don't know, supplied with floats, yeah, they got you. Rigs, yep, all day. That's an easy one. Mm, tips teasers oh, so many different things on the website and they are definitely out there increasing more things they've got berries rig i love it it's got the sand flea on there that glows in the dark not a bad deal they've got a whole bunch of other cool floats and other pieces that are coming to the site you need to go look at it because i can't list it all so many great things dscustomtackle.com lots of good stuff all right guys so we're going into the fishing tips tricks and knowledge piece here so let's get right into it how do you plan your fishing trips
1: um, so like I said, like right now we're preparing for a fall red drum run that usually kicks off mid September, early September. So right now our water temperatures are running anywhere between, you know, on the beach front, you're probably looking at 70, 75 degrees right now in water temp. Um, I like to see that water temp drop down a little bit. I like to be about 65, 60 degrees in that water temp. Uh, I want to see a steady dose of northeast wind coming at us real soon to bring some cooler water down. That'll, we get that cooler water down from up north. That'll start triggering these schools of big red drum to start coming into the beach more. So uh, I'm looking for some cooler weather. I'm looking for some extreme high tides. I, I want the beach to flood out a little bit and it's going to turn stuff over real nice and uh, get some fresh, fresh, uh, fresh sandbars and fresh structure going on. Uh, so, you know, that this, this first couple of weeks of September is what I'm hoping to kick off, but we'll, we'll watch the weather. It looks like it's going to stay warmer a little long, longer, so it, it might not kick off till, you know, third or fourth week in September. So it's, it's really about finding them cool spots um, as, you know, September approaches. We'll do a lot more nighttime fishing. Uh, big red drum at night always seems to be the best. So if you can get them really cool evenings before and after a full moon, that's that's what we're looking for. So with this this full moon we got coming up last week of August, first week of September, we'll start hitting out pretty hard then to just get a feel for what's out there and, you know, see where we're at now to give us a good inclination of what's coming at us and when.
0: When you've already, all right, so you got the plan there now. How do you pick your spot to fish?
1: so that goes back to wanting the beach to flood out a little bit so with this full moon we got coming up the end of august beginning of september what's going to happen is we're going to get five five and a half foot rises in the tide and that's going to roll over the beach and pull that sand off of the beach and start creating structure out there so you really want to be out there sometime at low tide to take a look at the beach you can see where the bars have formed the deep spots the low spots and and that's kind of what you want to look for cuz if you go out there high tide when it's rough you're just going to see white water everywhere you really can't tell where the bars and stuff are so you, we're going to spend a little time driving around just looking at low tide seeing where everything's at and you know we'll write down the coordinates she has a thing on her phone where she'll write down coordinates to where we see something that looks nice and and then we'll go sit on those spots and even while we're sitting on those spots, if we see something that looks good 75 feet away, we're throwing everything on a truck and moving and down. Feet. <laughs> yeah. the, the,
0: that's smart. The it's I don't I don't mean to say this in the most mean way, but I mean this to the best way to all the listeners here. Doing your intel gathering is key. You yes. You, yes. You, you want to be successful, you go get intel first before you fish.
1: Yes. <laughs> And, and and you can learn so much on YouTube. Like I, I when we first got into this, I, I was a YouTube freak. I was on it all the time, learning how to read the beach, learning how to tie a drum rigs. So it's not something you just you're born knowing. You have to learn from somewhere. You know, a lot of the guys on the beach, there's some really good people out there, but they're not going to give you all their information because they want to catch those fish too, right? So they're not going right. to give you everything yeah. they know. They'll give you enough to go out there and be dangerous and hopefully not catch the fish he's looking for. So it's, you, you want to do a lot of research. You want to learn how to read that beach and go out there prepared. When we have people that come up to us and, and you can tell they're prepared, you can tell by the rigs they have, the, the, the equipment they're using and just the way they're talking about what they're doing and they ask for a couple of tips, that's fine. But you know, you have a lot of people come out there to just stop at the bait shop on the way out, bought two nine foot surf holes and, they pull right up next to you and say, "Hey, what do I got to do?" Well, I'm not going to tell you everything. <laughs> you know what but you got to do is start do over the research again. And learn it <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah. So it, research is research is key. It's fundamental.
0: It if you want to be successful in anything, you got to learn it, it. And this is you know even That's this cool. conversation piece. I mean, I picked up already a great couple things from you guys just for this that I know I'd use here. I know I'd use it up there in Virginia when I come up. But that's yeah, you have to be willing to invest yourself in the knowledge piece. You know, if if you think you know it all already, then okay, then teach us. If you if you are the grand monkey yeah. king poo cool, we're all for it. Just teach us then. But yeah. there's always something you can learn to be better. All the time. I,
1: I learn stuff all the time. I, I never stop learning. And and you know, you can learn so much by paying attention, you know. Like when we first started doing this, we would go out on the beach. I know from my years of fishing that you don't just like people coming up and asking you for all the information you took years to acquire, right? So you can sit on the beach and just watch other people fish. You can see where they're casting. You can see what they're throwing. You can see the equipment they're using. And you don't have to ask them a single question. You can just sit there and watch. And and you can learn so much by doing that. And, and, you know, for me and and guys, we fish with it they appreciate that a lot more because they see us sitting there investing some time and and not just coming out casting over their lines you're actually sitting there trying to pick up what they're laying down
0: there's always that one too it's like can you stop casting over me we're gonna have problems real soon we (laughs) We have
2: yes we do
1: and you know you we don't ever let something like that ruin our day it's too much of a happy place it's you know and going your way it's okay you know tell them try casting to your left a little bit use a heavier sink or whatever you just try not to let it get to bestie and don't ruin your day because you just let somebody who's trying to have a good time yeah. ruin your day then you obviously weren't there for a good time anyway
0: all right so you nailed into the pieces with the spot and um, we're gonna let's talk about the gear but we're also gonna talk a uh, couple different things here you've already really discussed into the moon phase uh, you brought up the full moon being a primary there uh, What else with any other moon phases have you noticed is, yeah, it's okay, or yeah, I don't want to play with those. So at peak full moon,
1: uh, we don't do very good at the peak full moon. It's the before and after of the full moon. That seems to be the best for us. So so that peak full moon, just something about it, it doesn't seem to produce, but that before and after of the full moon is just the cat's
0: meow. Nice. Okay. So avoid the full. All right. Now you... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Mildred.
2: No, I was just thinking, I don't, I can't think of any other moon cycle. Yeah, no. I'd like the I, wind to top,
0: yeah. I, I hate the full moon. Um, I, I mean, I could say that, but then, you know, I bring up my buddy, uh, Blake. He talks about from Real 30A. He starts talking about full moon. He's like, dude, it's the best fishing ever. And I'm like, I can't catch a damn fish on a full moon. And you, he's got like that magical voodoo he sprinkles on his rod. I'm like, no, I can't. Yeah. No. Yeah
1: yeah well you know the the nice thing about a full moon is is you really don't even need to wear your headlamps you know you can be out there in the middle of the night and everything is just lit up so beautifully and and you know the before and the after once you get that full full moon out there it's, it's really just way too much light on the water with the full full moon you know so if you can get the upside or the downside that's what you're looking for so if you're going from that small crescent up to the full moon and then back down again that's really what you're looking for. It's kind of the same principle as we don't like it when the shark fishermen are out there at night because they're using their big halogen bars and their headlamps and, and it's it's like a disco out there. So you want as little light on that beach as you can get.
0: For what we're, for talking, what we're talking Right. Hmm? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so, let's talk about the rigs and the setups there, so you guys, like you said, you're using some big stuff. So talk to me about the rigs that you like to utilize.
1: So, we like to use a fish finder rig um instead of the actual fish finder, I just like to use swivels. Um, it's a little smaller, a little less restriction on my casting. Um, so it's basically a, a modified fish finder rig. I don't remember what the rigs called, um, but there's a rig that was popular in North Carolina that they required them to use down there for catching a bull red drum so they wouldn't swallow the hook and it places the sinker like two inches away from the hook on that fish finder rig so when the drum eats that fish head or fish body he has to it's less likely for him to swallow past that eight ounce sinker if you know what i mean so we like to fish a tight fish finder rig um and then on top of that we also do a single hook dropper loop rig as well we can Mm -hmm. just adjust the height of that dropper loop to get us up or down in the water column a little bit um i've had equal success in the dropper loop rigs uh she she swears by the fish finder rig so it's really on preference and you know it,
2: and i think the time too because like in the summertime i use uh shark rigs yeah and, and they're and
1: in, have- in the summertime she's using a wire rig yeah. So and I you know, catch a
2: drum, on and that. she catches catch...
1: drum on them shark rigs as well in the summertime. But if you were to take that same rig out there in the fall, you're not going to catch a drum. Mm-mm. You know, it's it's in the summertime the fish are riding up a little higher in the water; know. they're they're moving a little faster. In the fall, once that water temperature starts going down, they're riding nose down in the sand. So you want to be tight to the bottom.
0: You just nailed a super secret rule right there that people don't think about unless they've been fishing a long time. i have like, I almost don't want to say anything because I know what you just said. And I'm like, Damn, that's such.
2: Sorry. Oh, right, if
0: y'all want to, if y'all are smart, hit back 30 seconds and listen again, <laughs> listen closely. Right. That part right there is easily forgettable for so many anglers. It's, way too easy to overlook that one and you're only the second person to talk about that section um the other one was yeah. noel and yeah. yeah he nailed it i was like mm, not gonna say nothing uh, I, I i heard it i wonder yeah. if anyone else did so good point
1: you good know a point. guy who's a really good friend of ours who is uh, showing us uh, teaching us a lot about the chesapeake bayside fishery over there is just a phenomenal captain and fisher um we met him on the beach one day and me and her were just having one of those days where it was black drum after black drum and just everybody on the beach is looking at us saying, man, I wish I was them, you know? And uh, he came up to us and said, what am I doing wrong? And I showed him the rig we were using. And, and you, you can tell when people were out there to fish. So I didn't have problem giving this guy information. I showed him the rig I was using, why I was using this type of rig, what I was using for bait and why what I was using that bait for. The reason I used that particular bait and uh, he took that knowledge, went back to his truck. Me and her went home with our limit of fish. Then came back out for the night bite, and he put seven fish on the beach, seven big black drum on the beach. So it, <laughs> it means a lot. Yeah.
0: And oh. yeah. Nope, 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 nope. I'm leaving it alone. I'm leaving it alone. Um. So let's <laughs> talk about bait because yeah. you brought it up. What types of bait or lures do you guys like to use?
1: So on, on the surf, we're all we're all bait no lures unless there's spanish mackerel around then i'll throw a spoon but for these big fish we're fishing all it it depends on the time of year so we're approaching our fall right now and the most common bait in the surf is going to be spotting kingfish so that's what we're primarily going to go with um the bait shops are all going to be selling bunker but the bunker schools are a mile off the beach so those drum aren't out there eating those bunkers that are a mile off the beach They're in close eating the fish that are at the beach, just spotting the kingfish. And it's not the same bait you'll use all year long. So like in the spring, when we first start fishing for it, it, the spring is probably my favorite because of the way we go through our bait cycle. Right. So in March, there's not much bait around the crabs haven't come out of the mud yet. But we're ready to catch black drum. So we're going to start off with sand fleas because they're the first thing that's going to start coming up in the surf. By the middle of March, end of March, the crabs, the blue crabs are starting to come out of the mud. And the first crabs you get out of the mud are usually the female sooks. Right. And so that's going to be our first bait to go to in the spring after the sand flea. And that's going to catch the sand flea and the sook female blue crabs are going to catch all of our black drum. By the time we get to the middle of April, we start getting peeler crabs. They start becoming available in the bays. So then these fish, the stripers, the black drums, start changing their feeding patterns from sand flea and sooks over to the peeler crab. You would be hard pressed come mid April to catch anything on anything other than a peeler crab. So then that's when we'll switch to peeler crab through the middle of May. And then that pretty much seals our season right there in the middle of May
0: one of the cool things that I love that you just brought up, especially with that area is this bait changes so much in your zone. And there are so many places throughout, I mean, the whole world, it doesn't matter where you live. Bait cycles change. What you use today may not work tomorrow. And that's why you really have to know what it was. And you, I love that you brought up the bunker piece. Um, the East coast, Mm -hmm. I'm originally from new England. I'm not a very good angler from up there. So I, do not claim to be. However, I do have conversations with people from back there that have I've listened to that are like, dude, you can't use this at a certain time. You know, you can't just cast out mm-hmm. a chunk of mullet and think you're going to catch a bluefish or, you know, you, you can't just use this. You have to know yeah. what is prevalent. And I, I cheat. I mean, as soon as I catch a fish and I can keep it, I'm cutting that stomach open and I'm looking for what you got. I mean, and I'm Same. writing it down. immediately. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I'm like, I want to know what you had and I'm going to find more of, actually I'm going to use what you have in your stomach. If I can I've only done that twice. Didn't work out, but Hey,
2: I'll do it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's really cool because we were talking about, you know, a lot of people don't want to give up too much information. Right. So when we first started this fishery, you know, back in 2010 and we're fishing in the spring and I'm watching all the locals, you know, here just banging up fish. And I'm like, what are we doing wrong? And it took us a few years to figure out the hatch, you know, what these fish are starting to feed on, what they're feeding on the middle of this run, what they're feeding on at the end of this run. And if you go to the bait shop, they're selling you bunker, because that's the most thing they can get their hands on is they can get their hands on a ton of bunker, right? But to get peeler crabs, spotter kingfish, it's really hard to do that early in the season. And we travel for our bait, you know, we'll, we'll drive a half hour, hour away to go get our peeler crab in the spring. But to sit on that beach and you don't really think about it because you hear these big straight bass in the bay and in the ocean, you always think of them eating bunker. Mm-hmm. But on our surf, you will never catch a straight bass on bunker. It's only going to be on pure crab and pure crab only in the springtime.
0: Knowledge. Oh, all experience. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, yeah. this ties perfectly into a new question or uh, into your next question. Then what do you do when you go fishing in a new place?
2: Educate ourselves. Educate
1: ourselves. We do a lot of research before we go.
2: Drive to beach at low tide.
1: Yep. Drive to beach at low tide. We look at fishing reports to see when mm-hmm. we want to go. So we'll, we'll, most uh, most bait shops who run a website, you'll, you'll be able to go into their archive, you know, their fishing reports, and you can see year after year when their catches were coming, when they're posting them. Now I don't take that. I learned a long time ago that you don't, you take the dates on the fishing reports with a grain of salt, right? So if I see a lot of fish caught, yeah, if I see a lot of fish caught this week, I'm thinking they were caught two weeks ago, Yeah, right? Oh, easily, yes. Yeah, you pick up on that over time. So so we do a lot of research before we go. Like uh, two years ago, we did our first drum tournament down in the Outer Banks, the uh, NCBBA. And a lot of fun, great tournament. If nobody's ever done it, it's a great tournament. Uh, it's a Newcastle, uh, the beach buggy. So North Carolina Beach Buggy Association down in the Outer Banks. A lot of fun. So we kind of went down there knowing the beaches. We fished there previously, but didn't know the migration pattern the way we knew it up here. Right. So we went down there. We fished for, five, it's a straight on tournament, four days, nonstop fishing, sleeping in your truck, four days, nonstop. If you can. <laughs> if you can. And we did. And uh, we went down there, and all we caught was sharks, big sharks, but nonetheless, all we caught was sharks. But we looked at all the fishing reports after we were done, and you could see that most of the fish that were being caught were on a certain section of the beach north of us, right? And me knowing what I know about the Chesapeake Bay, the mouth of the Chesapeake, and the Virginia side, I kind of knew where those fish were at in September and the beginning of October. So I knew they couldn't be that far away from us at the end of october so this year we're doing the ncbba and we we're going to be about maybe 15 miles north of where we were in the last tournament because our research shows that the fish are a little further north than they are where the tournament's actually being held you know the base of the tournament up in that frisco area frisco avon so we're going to be looking more towards that salvo area
0: Let's see that piece right there. Knowing what happens at yours, and then combining it because that's I mean what? Uh, probably eighty it's miles, four maybe away, four or five hours. Yeah. So is the crow a little flies longer in that it's like Four or five hours. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So just that yeah, distance alone, it, down, yeah. and knowing that, I mean, that piece right there with that migration—that's huge. I mean, you you can't yeah. you can't just pull that out. That is time invested in research right there.
1: Absolutely, yes. absolutely.
2: It takes both of us.
0: Mm-hmm. Teamwork. <laughs> yep,
1: yep. Aww. That's it. She'll All sit right. down and she'll sit down and study right with me.
0: <laughs> you guys are so great. I love this about you guys. All right. Um, ooh, I didn't ask one question. Actually, you, you already talked about tides, so you can, we can move into that because that's why I didn't ask about it. Uh, how do you adjust the tac- How do you adjust your tactics for fishing when the bite isn't on fire?
1: Uh, so it's one of those things when you're you're fishing for big fish on the beach you're never gonna be on fire right you're You're never gonna have more than an hour or two of really active fish feeding you know you're you're looking at feeding time, so when we go out to the beach, we're looking for the last two hours and the first two hours of the top or bottom of any tide. It doesn't matter. I would like to match them up with a sunset sunrise or a sunset. Okay. But that middle of the day, in between the fishing, we're going to pack up. We're going to go throw a cast net. We're going to go sit somewhere where we can catch some small fish and and get ourselves prepared. For
2: the bigger guys. Sit
1: down, fire up the grill, eat some lunch or whatever, tie some rigs and get ready for that sundown or sun up. You know, so it's it's really take advantage of those slow times to get you ready for that hour burst when it comes. Because when it comes, it's a blast, but you better be ready because if your tackle's not on point, You're going to walk away crying.
0: Uh. Just thinking about it It makes me sad. But, dude, you're (laughs) right. I mean, that midday bite, it's not fun. I mean, lightning strikes, don't get me wrong. It always does. But it's just not that fun.
1: No, no. We've caught fish midday before. and uh, But that, that sunrise, sunset, really, the sunrise and sunset's the best. But for us, between 10 p.m. 2 a.m. in the morning, that is just that golden time. We love to be out there. That's always seemed to be the best. It yeah. matching with the rise, or you know, matching with the top or bottom of the tide.
0: It's like you got the triangle. I mean, you got the sunrise, midnight, and sunset. Nighttime. I'll be the first one to say it. Nighttime is one of my favorites to fish. At Nighttime, you there's some cool things that happen swimming by at night that people are like, "Oh, yeah. I'm not going to go out there." Like there's there's big fish
1: There's
2: real big fish it it can
1: it can be pretty hairy because we like to release our fish we like to swim them you know we like to get them fish out there and swim them before we release them and when you got you know three to four or five to seven breaking on that beach and you're out there and it's cold and you got your chest waders on it can be really scary because you hear about the horror stories of people getting their waders filled up and sucked out but the pride i put in releasing that fish means so much that i'm going to risk going out there a little bit and releasing this fish so uh there's not a time i don't go out there that's not in the back of my head and you know being very cautious it can be very scary
0: well good on you for making sure that you take care of yourself there cuz yeah that that's that is a that's a true situation we've heard it you you and i all three of us we've heard those horror stories they're they're scary for that
1: Yeah, yeah, that guy that drowned in the Outer Banks about two years ago down on the point. He was a local from around here, and uh, he was just trying to beach a red drum. And, you know, our beaches, like the Outer Banks beaches, you get some spots where it's just a straight drop off. You know, you walk down the sand, you hit the waves, and then it just drops straight off. And we have to think that's what happened to him. You know, he walked down there, lipped that fish or whatever, and he just went straight down and waders filled up. So it it can happen at any time. no matter how experienced or how good you are it, it's going to happen and Fast. you better be ready yeah, yeah take every take every precaution you can and you know as well as i do you, you, you can't prevent everything
0: nope you can just try it's the risk best way. you can do yeah yeah well we've been going here for one hour and we're into the last section here the closing question so before we do that we got to do the final bait check and get you guys out of here Man, it's been fun so far. I have had a ton of fun. I got a bunch of notes and, you know, a couple of mental ones for me. Uh, hopefully, you all have as well, and you've been catching all Don Fish and set. Now, if you hadn't, hopefully you've moved and changed up bait because, you know, that's kind of the easy things to do when you're having a bad day. Just change it up a little bit. This final bait check is being brought to you by the Kids Can Fish Foundation. KidsCanFish.net is a great organization getting kids out there fishing and learning and just finally getting out of the house cause it's great. Uh, I can't help, but say this after stealing it from, uh, captain Dave, you know, we've already got the addiction. It's flowing through our veins, but you taking a kid out fishing, you're giving them that new addiction and they're the next generation of anglers. Kids can fish is taking these kids out and teaching them, throwing cast nets, fishing in the surf, freshwater fishing, and all these camps that they go to, these kids walk away with a cast net or a rod and real combo, They're going out there getting the gear so they can go out and continue and have fun. It's not just a borrow thing. But in order to do that, it works through your donations. So anything that you give to Kids Can Fish gets thrown right back into the camp. The running of the Bulls tournament that happens in October every year, all the money from that gets thrown right back into the camps and the foundation for these kids. So everything you can do, hey, it's helping out with that one. And like they always say, more tackle boxes, less Xboxes. Good stuff. KidsCanFish.net. Oh, i love that tournament i love that tournament so much yeah. i'm so excited yeah. to get back Saint that. but you know you guys talking about big fish um <laughs> i'm i'm going back to st simon's island hoping for a 13 inch red again i, I want to maintain my my call of you know king of the smalls i i, I should <laughs> want a 55 60 inch i want it for my daughter um i would love that but for me i'm like no i need the tiny one i don't want the big one most backwards thing ever, isn't it? <laughs>
1: no, uh, no. I, 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 me myself, I yeah, know exactly correct. what you're saying. That's why it took me eight years to put a big fish in a beach because I spent my time trying to get her and my three boys on big fish. You know, so that that's where all my time went. I I really didn't care if I caught a big fish because I grew up around it. I was so satisfied anyway. So I I spent most of my time trying to put my wife and boys on big fish, but uh it's my turn now. <laughs>
0: well learned. oh perfect all right guys let's get you these last questions to get you out of here what knowledge would you give to a brand new angler
1: learn patience and learn don't don't don't, don't 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 hesitate to sit there and look you know don't don't just don't think you gotta hurry up and get a line in the water to be successful most of your success is going to come from what you learn so so take a second to sit back and pay attention to what's going on around you. Look at YouTube videos and and learn fish patterns. You know, you you can learn so much just by simple search terms like striper migration or red drum spawning seasons. You know, you you can learn that stuff and and really start zeroing yourself in on where you want to be, when you want to be there. It's not going to give you all the information, but you can start developing good ideas on when you need to be thinking about fishing. And like I said, YouTube, there's a guy, David Moore on YouTube. We fished with him, just a phenomenal red drum guide. And uh, I watched a ton of his videos and there's just so much to learn just by watching YouTube videos.
0: Perfect. Okay. Um, Mildred, I saw you got the questions there. I'm going to go ahead and skip the other one because you already answered the uh, for people coming out to that area. You guys already crushed that one. But this one's kind of a fun one. Mm -hmm. I haven't asked it a bit. What do you think has been a reason for such a surge to surf fishing? Social media. I was going to say social
2: media. Because when we first
0: down here saying 2010,
1: right, we would be able to go out on this beach and it would be me, her, the boys, and maybe four or five other trucks out on the beach. And the rangers, the fish and wildlife, they would leave us alone. Like when the beach would flood on these extreme high tides, we would back up onto the dunes to keep the trucks out of the water and they would let us do it but when we started when facebook came around and we got on board with it and we started f- posting our fish to facebook now the beaches are so packed that you can't get you have to be there super early or super late in order to get a spot and along with that you get a lot of people that are just looking over facebook and saying oh man they caught these red drum yesterday it's a shoe and we're going down tomorrow and they come down, they didn't look at the tides, they didn't look at the moon cycles. The beaches are flooding, they try and drive out, they get stuck, it turns into a big show. And so now the park rangers and wildlife won't even let you on to the beach because of that stuff. So I would say social media has really impacted fishing
0: a lot. Yeah, it's a fair call. And we did I mean, it, to it, ourselves. it goes
2: both ways, too, because I do enjoy seeing the families out there that are taking their. I, I take time to help them out. I, I don't, it, it keeps them away from the iPads from inside. So just going out there, enjoying the outdoors, and I, I get a joy out of that. Yeah. I'm okay with fishing by myself.
0: I mean, I've said it in every episode that we've all talked. I mean, anyone I've talked to, we talk about kids. I mean, is there anything better than the kids smile after they reel in that fish? It's like the oh, elation. Yeah, yes.
1: yeah, nothing better. No. I,
2: I'll never forget. There was the dad with two little kids, uh, like three years ago, and he was trying. They were on, the vaca- on vacation, and everybody was catching drums. We were catching drums, and poor guy couldn't hook one. So I went out there and helped him and got him uh, a tighter rig for them. And they, they caught a, a drum, I think they caught two actually. Mm-hmm. And um, and those kids were so happy, they were just jumping happy. They were uh, they came and thanked me because now they got to eat something they never eaten before so they got to taste the black drum and they put it over our local bass shop captain steve's and um they gave me a shout out so that was awesome i think Mm -hmm. stories like that
0: definitely is uh well done i mean that part right there i mean you actually took the time to actually help them and we don't see it a lot but you do see it but when you do and they win mm. So, mm-hmm. I like to yes.
1: so social media wasn't all bad in that aspect you know you, you got your guys that are coming down thinking they could just catch fish and then you have guys like she was just talking about that seen it on social media it's like oh wow that's something i'd like to try with my kids right and they come down and like i said you see them putting the effort in you see them trying and you know you don't mind helping and you want to see the best for them yeah. you know you, there's nothing better than standing back as somebody who's raised three boys on the beach and watched our boys do it to watch somebody else do it because yeah. the look on a kid's pr- face is priceless when they put a dinosaur onto the beach
2: yeah and i've connected with a lot of ladies for around from down north carolina out of banks that are just getting into fishing surf fishing and they want to do it and i just help them let them know what i'm doing and let them take that knowledge and, and catch fish and, and get into the sport and it always it makes me feel good about it so social media could be good and bad I guess
0: mm-hmm. yeah pick your poison right alright last question yeah. for you guys and then we'll get you out of here what's next for you
2: um, I'm going to still be chasing that personal best I can't I'm not going to be okay so I catch that 55 inch red drum but um, that's, I'm always going to be chasing a personal oh. best
0: you caught a unicorn well, at 50 <laughs> you caught already. i mean I, I would i don't know what i would tra- well i'd trade some stuff for a 50 but to get to a that bigger a 55 and up or into the 60s oh my gosh man that, that goes from unicorn to like Centaur. Hey. a dream, a dream. And, and, yeah,
2: yeah it's a dream and it uh, going.
0: yeah next for me is
1: i want to i want to do more tournament fishing i want to do yeah. two, more tournament fishing with her i'd like to get a team together and it's, it's hard to find a team of like-minded people like us, you know, that somebody that wants their wife out there or somebody that wants their husband out there, you know. Yeah, it's, it's usually all find.
2: guys' teams. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's usually guys' teams or girls' teams, so it's yeah. hard to find like-minded individuals. So that that's what I would like to see next as a, as a team and do more tournament fishing. I
2: agree with that.
0: Very cool. Well, I hope you guys can find some like that. But like, you know, like when we open the episode, I praised you guys very much. So because I love how you are as a couple. Um, my wife and I are very much on the same one. You know, if we start seeing a couple fighting and they're kind of mean to each other, like, yeah, it's been nice knowing you. Gotta go. You know, you slowly, slightly yeah. start to drift away, and it's nothing intentional. It's just, yeah. Hey, that's your that's your dynamic. That. That's that's not our dynamic. I can't no, handle that.
2: No, yeah, we're very
0: relaxed.
1: Yeah, we had friends that we you know really don't mess with much anymore because all we ever heard from is we wish we were more like you guys you know and that that to me is you know that it doesn't just happen so i don't want to hear it you know it's a lot of hard work to be like us It didn't just happen so patience
2: patience yes that's the key
0: for yeah. everything it's like when i was uh, emailing back and forth with mildred on this i was like hey sorry i was on a date with my wife let me catch up with you guys a little bit later i apologize i for thought that me. was like, great
2: yeah, yeah. get out there Yeah. yes we do it all the time we, do it all we the have time. dates all the time
1: yeah. uh, we raised our boys yes. our boys have moved out knowing their own career so it's yeah. just me and her and the cat and, yeah you know, we really enjoy our time
2: they call us and they're like mom dad you guys are always doing something you guys are oh, we love it
0: because we put our time in with you we love you but go away Yes, <laughs> yes. Grace
2: yep. them well out bye
0: yeah perfect well, you guys thank you so much for being willing to come on the show thank you for sharing all this knowledge thank and information especially that whole thing uh I know you could have said no, but I'm so thankful that you did say yes. And I really I, I know I will catch up with you when I get to Virginia. I will find a way. Yeah, I look I yeah, hope that you yeah, so guys we can fish go fishing enough. together. Cause you guys are so much fun. Thanks so thanks for having
1: Absolutely. us. No Absolutely. We'd love yes. to have you and your daughter and wife out on the beach.
2: Yes.
0: Sold. Thank you for Sold. Having Easy us. day. Sold. <laughs> yep. yep. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Thank you oh man i hope you guys enjoyed that because i really did and yeah there's some stuff you should probably have marked on your little notepad of things to listen back to there was a lot of them actually there wasn't just one or two there were several uh, i've had a lot of fun with this i'm always glad that you're here every week hopefully these shows keep bringing you knowledge to help you become a better angler because that is the key of this show i just want you to go catch more fish and if you can learn a new way to do it that's even better i want you to be able to travel somewhere and be able to go oh wait there's an episode on that hold up let me listen and learn that way i can take a shot at it we all learn from each other and if you can't get on board with that i'm sorry but that's how we do it you've been listening to Finding demo surf fishing i'll see you next time i'm out of here <laughs>